the Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Brendan Chagru, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and your host, Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and Brendan Chagru. Boys, welcome. We've got some bad stuff to talk about, but before we do, we couldn't be here without the amazing sponsorship of Jeff Cadwallader. If you are thinking about buying or selling a home this year, folks, you've got to visit GenevaJeff.com today to learn more about how my guy, Jeff Cadwallader with App Properties can help you. Jeff knows you need experience when it matters most. Give my guy, Jeff, a call or a text message, 630-254-4734, or visit GenevaJeff.com to learn more. Jeff Cadwallader, that guy is awesome. Folks, if you are thinking about getting a haircut in the Western suburbs, there's only one place that you're going to do it. And that's at Sheridan's Barbershop. Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 67 years. With five barbers, open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, they've got appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or 630-668-0137. Book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. And if you go to Sheridan's, make sure you talk to Will. Tell him I sent you. Tell him Ryan Dangle from the Bear Down Report podcast sent you and talk fantasy football. That guy is awesome. We're going to have him on soon. Um, hopefully I can get uh, Logan in on that one as well because you guys can can fantasy nerd it up. Before we talk football, boys, Jack and I have a little a little argument that kind of bled over from, from the last episode. We, well, two episodes ago, Patrick Sheldon came on, which by the way, Brendan, he was awesome. I wish you could have been there because, you know, it just uh, I, I just I don't know that 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 guy could have been more cool. And I'm just trying to make you feel as bad as possible about it right this second. I'm dead uh, serious, man. First off, it's, it's good to be back with you guys. I'm sorry I missed the last episode, but I'm telling you, I landed in Vegas. I started to get unpacked. You know, I'm, I'm doing trade show booth stuff and I start listening to the podcast. You guys just start going in on me. And I'm like, man, this this is tough because Patrick really is. I'm, I'm dead serious. One of my favorite follows. I'm so glad the episode was was a big hit. It really sounded like, you know, listening to all you guys uh, being able to discuss and everything. It, it was a fun listen. So great. It worked out. But I really am bummed. That is not a joke. <laughs> Well, Mike Page, I mean, obviously it's great to have him kind of step in whenever we need him. And he's been fantastic. But Patrick could hang out with us anytime. If that guy wants to come back to the show, like I would be thrilled, especially because he has the right opinion when it comes to which type of Oreos, which to consume. Jack and I decided to take this to the office. For those that don't know, Jack and I work together and we put it out. We've got what, 20 or so employees in our office, Jack, right? Somewhere around there. Yeah, that sounds about right. And so we, we put it out. So, so uh, I want to say it was the next day or two days later, I went out and I got a bag of your traditional chocolate Oreos and the golden Oreos, the far superior Oreo. And we put it out as a test. And actually, I know Jack is going to talk about the end results and the fact that, yes, chocolate Oreos won. I'm not going to deny, but it was significantly closer than you or Mike Page want to admit. So we've got to first throw in Logan and Brendan. We got to hear your guys' thoughts. Do you go golden Oreo or do you go chocolate Oreo? How do you stand on this? 
you go chocolate Oreo. I don't, I've had golden Oreos and it just, if I'm going to stray from something that I know is good, which is your nice Oreo, which by the way, double stuff over regular, no doubt about it. But if, if you're going to get me to like want something that's other than the original of something, it's got to like be way better. And the golden Oreo just doesn't, it doesn't add anything for me. It's like, I'm not going to say it's the same thing because the regular Oreo is better, but the golden Oreo needs to do more. It's like Cleo Mac. I just expect more and I'm not getting it. Well, hold on because you are a coffee fiend. I don't yes. think anytime you and I have ever gotten together, there hasn't been a cup of coffee in your hands. You are a Duncan fiend. If any of you are listening and you want to get this Duncan. guy something, get him, get him some Duncan right away. And so Patrick made a really good point that it, like the golden Oreo goes better with a cup of coffee than the chocolate one is. Have you tried that? I haven't because, and you know what? I won't, I was about to be like, why would I do that? But I won't knock it because I could see it working, but uh, I'll, I'll give it a spin. I'll buy some golden Oreos. We'll see how it goes. It's been a few years. I feel like it's been since like high school, since I had golden Oreos. So I fall into the category of, I really like both. So I, it's really hard to pick a side for this. I will say I, I gravitate more towards the traditional chocolate Oreo but I think both are really good in their own sets. Like, you know, it's a nice change up for the golden Oreo. Let's say I'll buy like two packs of chocolate Oreos, like every couple months or so. And then I go to the grocery store. I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling a change. I feel like the golden Oreo and I down those, like they're delicious to me. So I, I feel weird. I'm like Switzerland in this. I really do enjoy both Oreos. And it's like, can't we have both? Because that's why they're out there. I don't mess with any of like the carrot cake Oreos or like the really odd, like. You're telling me carrot cake Oreos are a thing? They are a thing. Oh, that's disgusting. Go go to the grocery store and just check out the Oreo selection. It's kind of maddening with how much they have now. I don't like it. It's like Pop-Tarts now. I'm mad going into this podcast where I'm already going to be mad. So good. (laughs) S'mores. S'mores. S'mores S'mores are out there. Haven't had them. Red Velvet, I believe. Also, you know what? I've had Red Velvet. I've had Red Velvet. They're not bad because they use like a cream cheese filling. Hmm. So I'll give you well, that. They Good all sound it. like really delicious, I suppose, except none of them are the best because as the clear winner in our at our workplace uh, clearly proved once again that the chocolate Oreo, Oreos were superior and they also were the winner. I will mention though, however, and I, I, I hesitate to say this, the golden or what are they, blonde, golden? I can't they're remember. Golden. When they were blonde, golden. when they were blonde, I think I liked them a little more. And now that they're golden, meh. But- I think that why do you were, like them more, Jack? Uh, no comment, but <laughs> <laughs> however, <laughs> the, the, the golden ones were gone first. I will say that. And there were chocolate left. However, oh, really? part of the reason for that was because I didn't want to eat all the chocolate. I didn't want to be that guy who just ate a whole row of chocolate Oreos. Plus there was no ice cold milk handy which there needs to be. I can't see myself dunking any golden Oreos in ice cold milk, maybe coffee. I don't know. There's really no debate here. Can I make one quick argument for the golden Oreo though? You know, when you're eating like a, let's say, just take down a whole sleeve of chocolate Oreos, your teeth are disgusting. Like you have chocolate everywhere. <laughs> you can easily eat some golden Oreos out in public and you're totally fine. When you're eating like the chocolate Oreos, you have to like 
go brush your teeth afterwards. I mean, it's it's kind of a mess. So golden you, Oreos, they 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 come in clutch when you uh, don't have access to a toothbrush. It might not be in your teeth, but the shame you feel in your heart knowing that you ate a sleeve of Oreos that lingers. That doesn't go away. <laughs> oh, that stays with you forever. That's all right. Yeah, one, I have a quick question before we, you know, move on to the more important topics. I guess, um, are we going to talk about Ryan buying the thins of Oreos and not going for the double stuff or even the regular? Because this is a problem. I, okay, hold on. Time out, really quick. <laughs> you posted on Twitter, and and I fully supported that you don't discriminate cookies. Yet. The tone of your voice would suggest otherwise here, Brennan Shagru. If I like the thins, what's wrong with that? I have three or four, and I don't feel as guilty as if I've had five or six of the 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 full stuffed or the double stuffed ones. Why you gotta judge, man? I just the the cream in the Oreos is the absolute best. It's what you're there for. The outside cookies are fine, but it's kind of like if you go to a restaurant and get a burger and you're like, you know what? I'm really paying attention to the, the bun here. I don't really care about the meat inside. That's kind of what I'm thinking with Oreos. And you're right. I will say, I did say like 30 minutes before I called you out that we do not cookie shame, <laughs> but it was different with like the actual like filling with the Oreos. I think that's, that's the big part. Okay. I have a serious question. You're telling me that the bun doesn't matter because if they're saying I got a pretzel bun for you, that burger instantly sound, sounds better to me. It instantly sounds better. Like I'm excited. It, ma- about- it matters, but it's, it's not as important as the meat in my opinion. Fair enough. Enjoy your, enjoy your paper thin, you know, uh, knock off Oreos, turn your man card and let's call this conversation over. <laughs> Ah, Patrick Sheldon. How about this? I'm going to throw this out to any of our listeners, please. When we post this on Twitter or, you know, if you want to, uh, you can get me at ryan.dengel at beardownreport.com. That's D-E-N-G-E-L. You want to shoot us an email, let us know about your Oreo preferences. We want to know, we want to hear about it, uh, especially if you like golden. Uh, Gentlemen, we've got a football game to talk about this. Sorry we had to break protocol, folks, but this was an important argument that needed to happen first and foremost. Man, last time I absolutely loved every single second of it. So we're about to get Brendan's breakdown. So Brendan, break it down for us. We were waiting all day for Sunday night as the Bears and Rams collided at SoFi Stadium in week one. And let me tell you, folks, you'll want to refinance this one because there was plenty of interest in this game. After a promising opening drive, Andy, the Red Rifle Dalton, had a misfire throwing a pick in the end zone. From there, Matthew Stafford found Van Jefferson Starship for a long touchdown as he decided to run, run, run away from the defenders for a 7-0 lead. The Rams continued to charge the Bears, taking a 13-0 lead. But then David C. Montgomery Burns said excellent as he barreled into the end zone to make it 13-7 at halftime. But to start the second half, The Bears' secondary apparently got too much Southern California sun as they were burnt to a crisp when Cooper Solo Cup proceeded to party into the end zone with a 56-yard touchdown for a 20-7 lead. Chicago responded thanks to a touchdown run from rookie Justin Fields as JF1 was cleared for takeoff and brought the Bears within six. But just as they gave everyone hope, it was all gone faster than you can say Daryl Henderson Jr. as the Rams scored two more touchdowns, winning 34-14, dropping the Bears to 0-1. 
That was pretty amazing. We are a thing where a family show. So when there was something about the red rifle misfiring, I was almost like, whoa, I hope does Ryan have like a mute button because I'm not sure if that could make it through the sensors, but that's a, I'm really impressed. I love the uh, additions of musical talent and a little Simpsons in there. And so much respect, Brendan. That was, that's fun. Really fun. Good job. It made, it made me want to talk bears football. Let's go. Even despite being absolutely sad. I was going to say, it makes it sound, it makes the game sound a lot better than it actually was. <laughs> I, I, yeah, Brendan, again, I'm, I'm going to be looking forward to Brendan's breakdowns every week this season. It's going to be some good stuff. All right, gentlemen, let's hear overall thoughts on this game. I'm going to go Jack, Logan, and Brendan. Just give me general thoughts, what you're thinking uh, almost 24 hours later after this game has concluded. I picked them to lose, so I suppose in that respect, I'm not surprised by the outcome. Still disappointed by the outcome. One, because I'm a Bears fan, and I'd like to see them win the first game of the season. I think if there were a situation where the Bears had played a solid game uh, from bell to bell and still lost to a better team, that's one thing. But I think what really frustrates us and probably will be fleshed out through the course of this show is that from really the top to bottom, there are such glaring errors and such thin positional situations that it makes it pretty tough to swallow a loss like that. And uh, yeah, so it's disappointing. I, I was thinking about this a lot earlier. We're all Bears fans. There's no questioning that. So I think sometimes people just like throw darts at the Bears and call players bums. And, and I really don't like that kind of thing. That's not what we're doing here. We clearly love our team. But it's impossible to watch a game like that and not point out some of the egregious mistakes that were made all over the field. You watch the whole game and you get mad throughout everything that's going on at the mistakes that are being made and everything. But I think once I had a second to sort of step back and think about and assess the game as a whole, it went exactly as I expected it to go. I I don't know if really there was too much else that you could have expected. The the defense was bad. And uh, to be honest with you, it sounds sad to say, but I kind of expected that. I think I've been harping on the secondary enough in the preseason that that's what I expected. Um, The offense was fine. Like, obviously I'm not going to sit here and say that it was good or anything like that. Andy Dalton threw what felt like literally the exact same pass over and over and over again, even if it worked, the line was okay. You know, you, you suffered injuries. It wasn't that good, obviously, because of our game planning around the fact that the line was bad. Overall, it was just exactly what I expected, uh, which is why I was mad as a knee-jerk reaction. And and I still am just because, like Jack said, we're Bears fans. We don't want to watch our team lose by uh, 20 points and be fine with it. I'm not fine with it, but it was exactly what I expected. So I heard today, I was listening to Waddle and Sylvie, and some people ask, are you embarrassed by this loss? Because it was another national nightmare where everybody, the entire country is seeing how bad our Bears team is. And Sylvie, the the host of the show, said, I'm just exhausted. And I'm like, that's really how I feel. I'm exhausted from just having to watch our team, whether it's the offense, the defense, the special teams, all three, just not be able to put anything in sync. And Logan's completely right. This We all picked, most of us picked the, the Bears to lose. We didn't think this defense was going to be as strong as it normally was. The secondary, our nightmares came true as we saw Matthew Stafford just hit bomb after bomb. But when you actually see it play out live, it's like a different feeling. Like you, before the game, you're hearing these things, 
you're kind of expecting that Stafford's going to pass the ball all over the field. But then we didn't actually see it and see the blown coverages and the lack of tackling. It, it just makes it, it does make it feel worse than it actually is. I will say for the offense, boy, I, I wish we had this offense or this type of offense in 2018 because that's what it worked. That's what it would have worked in. I know Jeremy Layton, a uh, friend of the podcast, friend of ours, he said it. He said this this offense would have been perfect for that year, and he's 100% right. When you have a defense that can stop teams just at will and really count on them to make the crucial, crucial stop when it matters most, you can chew up the clock and you can – manage just 14 to 21 points, but that's not this year's team. And so it feels like when one hole is fixed, another is open. And my only solace right now is that it's week one and things can change. They can, we've seen it with other teams. We've seen it with the bears before, but it is not a good start at all. I totally understand your point, Brendan. And I keep seeing people say, you know, the offense didn't look that bad. The offense didn't look that bad. I feel like that's what being a Bears fan has done to us. That we look at 14 points ago, hey, that's not so bad. That's abysmal. I am and I'm I am I harped on Nagy really bad. And you know, I, I always feel bad because I know he's a human being and I know that he's not actively trying to to do bad by this team, but 14 points, I we watch the same thing. And I know, I, I, I know that I might be in the minority in this, but, but people are saying that Andy Dalton is an, a vast improvement over Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. How? I, I'm looking at this stat line, boys. He was 27 for 38, 206 yards, 7.6 yard per average, not one completion over 15 yards, zero touchdowns, and an interception, 72.9 quarterback rating, that's lower than both Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. I, I, you know, one, one thing that I heard that makes some sense is Andy Dalton is good at running Matt Nagy's offense. Matt Nagy's offense just sucks. It's, it's not, it's not a, a 21st century. It's not a 2021 offense. It would be great if we had 2018's defense, just like you guys said, but we don't have that. Logan, when you first predicted the Bears to go 6-11, and 11, I thought, man, what's, what, like, why are you being so harsh? You know, just because I'm reading, riding the high of, of Justin Fields and all that stuff. Dude, I, I'm right there with you now. I, I predicted this team to go nine and eight. I don't see it. In fact, I don't think I'm going to predict this team to win against the Bengals next week because the Bengals, they, they looked better. Good enough. I mean, good enough. They have a, they have a wide receiver quarterback combination, a nice young quarterback um, that <laughs> looked good and made some plays this week. But yeah, it's, and even that six and 11 prediction, you watch the game this week. And again, I said, it's kind of what you expected. I don't know if they win six games like that sucks to say. I don't want to say that, but I don't know that they do. Mike Page was talking about how he doesn't like Matt Stafford and, you know, Matt Stafford is a, is a stat patter. And I think a lot of that was true in Detroit, but this is the first time he's had a legitimate offensive coach. He had Megatron to throw to which obviously aided his career and all those yards. But this is the first time he's had an offensive coach that actually knows what he's doing. This game, I wasn't a fan of his because he was tearing apart the team that I love. But the rest of the season, I'm going to be a Matt Stafford fan. And I don't know if I have to throw in my Bears card for that or not. But I, 
I think they're going to be really good this year. I don't think you do have to throw in your Bears card. I, I think Logan was also on record for being uh, a Matt Stafford hater, I believe, or at least hate, hate, I was going to say hater is probably a lot to say, but like, I also just, I think I've always had the argument that the difference between Jared Goff and him, I fully admit Matthew Stafford is a better quarterback than Jared Goff, but I don't think that it's such a large gap in like the trade capital that they gave up and just, you know, overall quarterback talent in general. I see Stafford as a completely different quarterback. He's got a strong arm. He's super athletic. I think he's a really good dude. He's just been stuck on a terrible team for a long, long time. And I also don't see Stafford as the kind of guy who can both, you know, win you and lose you the game. I think given the right system, as you just alluded to, Ryan, he's going to, I think he has the potential to be a very, very good quarterback. I've always been kind of jealous that Detroit had him because I thought, you just I mean, we've gotten to see him quite a bit. He's a pretty darn good quarterback. He looks a little, you know, like kind of like Josh Allen without the mobility, perhaps. I actually feel like Matthew Stafford in the game yesterday, he was moving outside the pocket more. There were more designed rollouts for him. I don't remember seeing that as yeah. much in Detroit. The ball was just coming out of his hand like crazy fast. I don't remember seeing that either. He looked like, I mean, we all know he's like a good quarterback and he had his moments in Detroit and he certainly had his years. But it really felt like a souped up Matthew Stafford for somebody who like actually maybe did get a little better coaching in the offseason with Sean McVay. So and I, I mean, like, yes, we are all gushing over Matthew Stafford here, but some of the coverages, especially on those deep balls, I feel like we need to talk about and just how you don't cover the guys running behind you, especially as safeties, Eddie Jackson, Tayshawn Gibson. Marky Christian. I mean, there's that still image of Cooper Cup just like 10 yards ahead of all three defenders. And I mean, yes, you don't have to be a great quarterback to hit somebody that wide open. So part of it is Matthew Stafford. And I agree, he looks great in a Rams uniform so far. But part of it is just guys really not being in position to even go after receivers because that was a joke. Yeah. I mean, this, this secondary is going to continue to get shredded and it's I almost didn't get it all off season because obviously there's people out there who are talking about the fact that the secondary is a weakness, but when you have guys like you're heavily relying on guys like Kendall Vildor, Marky Christian, Artie Burns, which like all due respect for those guys, they've made it to where they are off hard work and they're obviously talented football players, but just like read those guys names off to yourself and be like, okay, is this the secondary you really want to be relying on when you already have a suspect pass rush? Like I just, if anyone is surprised by what they saw from the secondary in this first game, I don't know that you've actually been, you know, watching the preseason or even looking at the depth chart, just look at people's names. Sometimes it's not that hard. Look at people's names and don't be surprised when this secondary sucks that they do right now. There's no other way to put it. Logan, I, I agree with you, and I totally think that I knew they were going to struggle, but I thought that they would get significantly more help from that front seven. You know, I, I talked about this Bears defensive line as being one of the best in the NFL, and aside from Ke- Akeem Hicks getting that sack, which he looked like the, the Akeem Hicks we've come accustomed to, a beast of a human being, right? Like they showed that, that close-up of his face and he looks like, a, like a, a wild man, a bear. And 
then that was kind of it. It was kind of done. Now I understand they're still missing Eddie Goldman, but I thought Bilal Nichols and some of these other guys would, would step up and, and create pressure that maybe alleviate some of that, uh, that back end pressure from those DBs, but that did not happen at all. I think Quinn and Mac combined for one total sack on the game. Think of the millions of dollars that have been invested in that defensive line to not get a pass rush of any kind that that's alarming, you know, and, and I think, you know, I can't really build upon the points that you already made. If the secondary is going to be a little down this year, then that front front line cannot be as impotent as they were last night. Is the Robert Quinn signing the worst free agent signing of Ryan Pace's? I mean, he's. I mean, I, I'm. I'm putting it up against Mike Glennon. Yeah, a gentleman. I, I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm putting it out there. Yeah. I'm not saying that 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 is for sure, but dude has done nothing. Like absolutely nothing. The thing about Mike Glennon is you, you could at least cut bait and save a relatively decent amount of money there after one year. You're stuck with Robert Quinn for at least two years, and you're going to eat a lot more money if you cut him after this season. I mean. I'm trying to think I, you might be right. I mean, there's, there's been some bad signings for guys that literally have not produced. I'm thinking like Quentin Demps, Marcus Wheaton, but for the amount of dollars and as well as getting rid of Leonard Floyd and bringing in Robert Quinn for such a a huge amount of money. I don't think I can think of anything worse. I mean, maybe Danny Trevathan's second contract that could be up there as well, or even Eddie Jackson's second contract as well. Gentlemen, I wanted to talk about the good stuff, but I'm, you know, and after that was going to be the bad, but we're already here. So let, let, let's stick around. Eddie Jackson, thinking about when Mike Page first said last season to Jack Logan and myself that Eddie Jackson was bad and overrated, we were appalled. Watching him try to tackle or play safety was comical last night. I'm sure you guys have seen it. The video the Chicago Bears put out where he's kind of coaching the DBs and talking about tackling. Wow. Here, I'm going to say this. If he was on any other team, he's benched. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. And it was that that clip of – because, like, when I'm watching professional sports, like – I can put up with guys just being bad. Like, even if you're on a big contract, it's whatever. Like, you know, stuff happens. People regress. I don't know why I'm not going to try to explain it. But then when you have a clip of that player literally talking to other teammates and being like, everybody can tackle that makes it all of a sudden hilarious. And that makes it where you have a target on your back from all fans and for correct reason, because you have obviously like in a, sense you're just saying this large part of the game just kind of doesn't matter to me because he's still in the sense I feel like he's living in 2018 where he's playing with all those same players that were on that team where we had incredible turnover luck where yes that was a talented defense who produced turnovers based on their talent but at the same time Eddie Eddie man you got to look around look at the secondary look at the other guys who are in that room with you they're not the same guys that you once had Khalil Mack isn't the same guy. You got to change the way you play at least a little bit or adjust, change your mindset, do something to change things because 
you said that. I don't know who decided it was a good idea to put that video out, but that was just like, that makes me genuinely mad to know that he's out there on the field making those plays or not making those plays. And that's his mindset. So I hope to God that he's you know thinking long and hard about tackling and uh, whether that's uh, as easy as you thought it was before. You don't even have to tackle at some points. All you have to do is touch a guy who's on the ground when you're next to him. I mean, this is embarrassing. I'm, I'm pissed off too, because this is a guy who really made a name for himself for picking off balls in 2017 and 2018, having a nose for the ball and he got paid and he basically, it kind of sounds like, Hey, I'm throwing all the fundamentals out the window and you should too. I'm telling all you guys, you know what? Don't focus on tackling. Anybody can do that. But you know what? You really got to go for the ball. And listen to me, Eddie Jackson, a guy who didn't even have an interception, a recorded interception last year. But you know what? Hey, I was really good at it a few years ago, four or three years ago. It, it really upsets me. And he's supposed to be that back-end leader of the defense. You got rid of Kyle Fuller. Yes, Jalen Johnson is there, but that is your leader there. You have paid him the money. You have given him all of that. And that is essentially what you're getting on the field every time. I mean, the missed tackles, uh, the effort at times, uh, not all the time, but sometimes it feels like it's just not there. And I am fully in support. I'm fully support the idea of benching him, at least for one game, because I think that dude needs a reality check. He can keep saying, look, I know, I know, like, I know I have to tackle better. I know I have to play better. But until it act, there's actually some consequences there. I don't know if it's going to change. Your point is an excellent one. How, how is someone allowed to play the way he's played for as long as he's played? And that's the question I, I, that just boggles my mind. And there's plenty of culpability to go around when it comes to the I mean, if there's a team that could like perfect mediocrity, I suppose it's the Bears. Mm-hmm. And what I'm wondering is, I mean, does Bill Belichick allow for that type of play to, to happen? I mean, I, I'm going to dog on Matt Nagy pretty hard. I think I'm done with him. Let's face it. He's, he's going to go. Yes. He's going to go. He's probably going to go eight and eight. And regardless, it's going to be the same thing that we've always seen. And we've talked about it. The McCaskies are to blame. Ryan Pace is to blame. Matt Nagy is to blame, to blame. The players on the field are to blame. But what I don't understand is how those folks in that building, Hallis Hall, can be watching the same film that we're watching and allow for that guy to play the way that guy has, to be nearly, yeah. it seems, afraid of contact. No knockdowns, no picks. Couple it with what he said. You know, your point about the, the videotape that just came out this week. There's no way. To me, that's straight on Matt Nagy's shoulders. That's pulling a guy aside and saying, dude, what is going on? You need to check yourself, buddy. Like, I I just, I can't understand how any head coach worth his salt, not to mention the fact, as you guys know, I'll rail on, we never once threw a ball deep and we freaking never throw a ball deep. But beyond that, how you don't take that guy aside and make him accountable for his Terrible play is beyond me. You spent so much money to get speed receivers to not use them. I, I understand it's the Rams. I understand it's the first game. I believe, believe me, I do understand that. But what, what, what are we doing here, guys? Like, I, I just, I, I don't understand it. I mean, I've been 
on Matt Nagy's case for forever. Um, we've already talked about the offense today. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of past it, but just as a head coach, I, I, I don't know how you can look at the still frame of Van Jefferson down on the ground, not being touched. And then the still frame of Cooper cup <laughs> way beyond Marquis Christian and Eddie Jackson. I, I, I like I, Sean Desai. I, like, I, I wonder, is, is he a bad coach or is he literally just in the worst position possible right now? Uh, no, I, I was going to agree with you. I think he's in a tough position. I mean, these are veteran guys. Sean Gibson has been in the league for almost a decade. Eddie Jackson's now entering his, what, fifth season? These guys know how to tackle. They know this isn't college anymore. When a guy hits the ground, you touch him. When a guy is, you know, you see it like – players running deep, you go after him as the safety. I believe I'd have to go check because I know the all 22 is not out yet, but I think they were in too high safety, especially on that Cooper cup play. You know that, I mean, that's instinctual for safety. So I think Sean decides just in a bad spot, but kind of going back to possibly benching him, does he have the cojones to recommend that to his head coach? You know who probably would Vic Fangio. You well, can bet Vic Fangio would probably probably say something and make it a statement to say, look, you're not performing well. We need more from you. You're going to sit this game. You're, you're not going to start. Maybe you'll come off the bench, but something needs to happen. But then do you play DeAndre Houston Carson? Like who, who steps up into that spot? I mean, and maybe he does. Maybe it's you've got to say to like, hey, anybody's better than you right now because you're not playing the game. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, like what's like, what's worse than Eddie Jackson right now? There's the, I play Deandre Houston Carson, play me at safety. I'll be a cardboard cutout there in the secondary and get crushed every play. And I'll still probably do more than Eddie Jackson. Just not really. I, I know that that's not true. Let's just be honest. <laughs> Someone's going to be like, no, it's not. You wouldn't do anything. I know I'm 150 pounds. No, here's what you do. Logan, you tackle the guy and just get a pass interference for the spot, but at least you save a touchdown. Well, yeah. And you'd also be able to do a backflip, like a really nice one too, True. like doing that. Like, and so, so fans- then at least like in the back part of that shot where it's like Cooper cup 20 yards away, like you'd see me like upside down, whereas Eddie Jackson, you just see his running towards him. You know, I don't know. You decide bears fans. What do you want? <laughs> All right, gentlemen. We can rail on this team all night long, but there were some good things. There were fewer good things, but there were a few good things. So what I want to do is I want to hear from each of you guys, and and we may have some repeats, and I'm okay with that, but I'm going to go Brendan, Logan, and Jack. Just something good that you saw uh, in this game last night. All right, I'm going to pick the low-hanging fruit, so I apologize. It's David Montgomery. David Montgomery picked up exactly where he left off last season starting with a 41-yard run, and he really didn't look back. I mean, he was clearly the key to the offense. He should have had more than 16 carries, but I really liked how the Bears used him at least early on, and I understand that he was hurt for a little bit. Damian Williams, playoff Damian, took some of his carries when he was hurt, and really being down as much, it's hard to run it. But I thought for the most part, A, the Bears used him well, and B, David Montgomery showed out when he needed to. He was really effective at moving the ball. And I will say just quickly, I'm very unhappy with what Matt Nagy did overall last night. I did like the start of the game plan. I thought that was a good start. It should have changed once the Rams punched you in the mouth. So I, that's all I'm going to say about it. I'm not a Matt Nagy apologist, but I think there was some good from there. 
You just have to adjust more. Just really quick. I think we've said this religiously. Matt Nagy is a very good play designer. And I think he had a couple really good play designs early there, but he also, he just got too cute. The switching back and forth. I mean, and it's in the way that, that Justin Fields, I I love that shirt for all of you who are listening uh, less cute, more nasty is Brendan Chagru's shirt. Keep Justin Fields in there. I mean, just the way that he was doing it. Like why not? Like it just, Oh my God. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. Um, For me. uh, And again, this feels weird to like go through a regular season game and, for the most part, you really only can look at the offense for positives and it wasn't that positive, but um, Cole Komet, I think is my positive. Yes. I know that he had the terrible false start on third and one that was bad, but you know, he's still young, but uh, the encouraging sign is the out of 69 total snaps. Nice. Um, Cole Komet was on the field for 51 while Jimmy Graham was on the field for just 14. So that's encouraging. So, all right, Matt Nagy, I'll give you that. You're at least recognizing that you have to start to play these guys who are young, who you've put draft capital into, who are very talented. And uh, there were times tonight where you really started to see Cole Komet and how he could really, really become a weapon once we, and honestly, as the season goes on, if as long as Andy Dalton continues being the quarterback, he, he probably will start to become the best friend of Andy Dalton just because he looks at that intermediate part of the field so much, but uh, every time Cole Komet had the ball in his hands, it looked like he was very tough to bring down. Um, and it, it's just really fun to watch him play. So he really stood out for me as a big bright spot. I think what was really impressive was Roquan Smith with 11 total tackles, including six solo tackles. He did get a beat on coverage, I believe once really egregiously, but overall he's still a star. And that hasn't changed. And it was nice to see him because we didn't get to see him much in the preseason flying around the field and making really solid tackles. And then once again, I have to admit it, you're kind of a head of the curve there, Ryan Dangle. Khalil Herbert with four total returns for 106 yards, averaging 26 and a half yards with a long of 50. That's good stuff. Like I, I guess I only once saw some flash out of him in terms of speed. So I wasn't really sure if he was just a guy who was going to be solid, but not explosive. And I think there's probably a better ceiling there than I anticipated. Jack, just piggybacking off of that. The thing that I noticed very early on is he gets one or two more yards than I think he should every time he has the ball, every time. And I, I literally wrote about it in my quick hits, which you can read about on BeardownReport.com. Uh, that's I'd like to see him get a couple carries at running back. I wasn't unimpressed with Damian Williams, but it sure would be interesting to see Khalil Herbert get a few touches just because if that continues to translate that he's getting one or two yards more than maybe what he should, that's a really good trait out of running back. And, you know, maybe at some point Matt Nagy will give more than 16 carries to his stud running back who averaged 6.8 yards per carry. And maybe he has some kind of nice one, two punch there. Um, you know, I, I literally, I, I can't think of much else to say because I was saying, Hey, who are my guys? Khalil Herbert, uh, David Montgomery and Cole Komet. You know who I'm going to give a shout out to. And I also wrote about this in my quick hit. So I'm stealing a little bit. Sorry. Virginia McCaskey, 98 years old. And she looks fantastic. Um, I don't, really want the McCaskies running this team anymore in any way, but I wish Virginia McCaskey good health as, as long as is humanly possible. 
Gentlemen, it's time to give out some game balls. Game balls, who are they going out to? I know this is probably going to coincide much with uh, our, our good in the game, but it can go to just about anybody. It can go to anyone that's out there whatsoever. So I'm going to go with Jack, Logan, Brendan, and I will finish it up. Game balls. I was impressed with the overall wide receiver core, despite what we said earlier about not pressing the field deep and not going over at the top. I think Cole Komet had a drop, and correct me if I'm wrong, that was about it. They were sure-handed. I'm pleased to see that Allen Robinson has made a commitment to try to get some rack yards because, to be honest, it was almost laughable. When he caught the ball previously, he would catch the ball, and it was like his legs just went dead. And it was clear that he was trying to do a little bit extra after the catch. You know, um, I think uh, – so you got you know good one with four receptions, Komet with five, uh, A Rob with six, uh, Damian Williams with four, Dar- Darnell Mooney with five. That's getting a lot of guys involved, and I do appreciate that. Clearly, there are a lot of flaws with the offense that we could talk about, and we've already talked about. But I thought the core looked pretty good, wide receiver wise. Just in an effort to not like reach here, um, I'm going to go with Dave Montgomery because he deserves it. Obviously, I know Brennan has already touched on it plenty, um, but it's it's really a lot of fun to watch him run the ball. The Bears did a very good job with uh, with getting him, and honestly, when he's one of the the few bright spots, it's uh, it's a little tough. But again, he he just creates yards out of nowhere. There'll be some times where I remember specifically, I don't remember when it was in the game, but he got hit behind the line of scrimmage like big time. I think it was Sebastian Joseph Day, maybe on the Rams who hit him behind the line. And he still ended up with like a two yard gain. So anytime that you can do that as a running back, I, I really respect the hell out of that. And so uh, my game ball will go to Demont. I'm going to go a little outside the box first, and I'm going to give two because, well, you'll see why in a second. First in the actual game, there's someone we haven't talked about, and he was only on the field for a short time before an injury sidelined him. But I got to give some love to Larry Borum. Larry Borum coming in for Jason Peters, who, you know what? We all kind of said it. We thought Jason Peters was only going to last like a few games. He didn't even last one. Hopefully, hopefully both Jason Peters and Larry Borum, who both exited, are okay with their injuries. But when Larry Borum came in, he looked really, really solid against a strong Rams front. And it gives me hope as a Bears fan that we don't know what's going to happen with Tevin Jenkins when he comes back. And if Borum can actually come back in relatively relatively quick time. I feel pretty comfortable about him starting at left tackle against some of these defenses. I was really impressed with what I saw. And so I, I got to give him a game ball and just for entering his first game as a rookie there. So a lot of attention put on Justin Fields, D- David Montgomery, you know, a few other rookies and Larry Bourne deserves some shine. My second game ball goes to McDonald's because if you haven't seen it, McDonald's has an ad for Matt Nagy and they are just getting so much play. It is impressive marketing, horrible timing on the bears part, but you know what, if there's something that I want to, that I want to just eat and just feel all greasy and nasty, it's McDonald's after watching the bears game. So credit to them because that's just hilarious to me. I, I can't believe we have gone almost the entire podcast without really talking about him in, in, in any way. It's Justin Fields. His first throw, Aaron Donald is right in his face, completes a nine-yard just laser 
to receiver, looked really good, except for that stupid, stupid shuffle pass play that Matt Nagy got cued on, just like we hate. Um, he looked good. I, and I think just further reiterating how, why I want to see him in the starting quarterback role, uh, Andy Dalton is more of the same. It's time for something new. And the only way I think this team wins is if you have a superstar at quarterback and you might have that with Justin Fields. Uh, and so that that's that's one that's that's my game ball. It's going out to him. Logan, let's talk really quick. We didn't get to do it this week, uh, but it's upcoming. Um, and I want to talk just a little bit about Logan's bets that are coming out. And so please, Logan, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. So this week, considering kind of the weird timing of everything, you're still kind of waiting for the week two, almost player props and lines to come out. But, you know, moving forward, I hope that I can do some more actual specific bets. But for this week, I guess I'll kind of just almost talk about like philosophy of going into week two. And again, I, I had an okay day yesterday. I think it did pretty decent betting on the NFL is really, really hard because you really don't know what's going to happen, especially on week one, um, especially what, what was that dangle? Uh, just saying, I, I got a five dollar bet out of uh, five dollars out of out of betting against you. So so I'm See? I'm all I'm all for this. Let's do it. And you're gonna be you're gonna become an addict just from that one five dollar bet. Um, no, gamble responsibly. Um, but philosophy wise, I would just say we heading into week two, um, almost think of selling high on certain teams or players and buying low. So for example. This is something that Jack and I were kind of talking about. Texans, I think, still stink, and they no doubt do. Um, but Jack and I kind of were talking about it, and I still think the Texans are going to lose like a ton of games. I don't know if they win more than four games. I think they ran into a, a what is going to be a very bad Jaguars team, maybe worse than we thought. So I think you look at teams like that, and next week they're going against the Browns. That line is twelve and a half points, which for that's a that's a large line. So I understand if if you're maybe a little hesitant there, that might come down a little bit. But I think when you're going into week two, take advantage of some of those lines where the market might be overvaluing a team like the Texans and looking at them and thinking, okay, maybe they're better than we thought. Tyrod Taylor is, uh, is good enough. So I would think about maybe taking the, uh, the Brown spread there and then people aren't going to like this. And this is not for the faint of heart uh, for you bears fans out there, but like, even after a performance like what Aaron Rodgers and the Packers did yesterday, if you don't care, I completely understand if you do not want to bet on Aaron Rodgers to win the MVP because people obviously listening to the podcast don't like them. But if you like money and you like giving yourself a chance, you're probably going to not get a better odds on Aaron Rodgers to win the MVP than when the odds change in a few days and he probably becomes a pretty good value. So again, I completely understand if you don't want to bet on Aaron Rodgers, the Packers in any way, that's completely fine, but it's an opportunity where you could present yourself for a, for a nice return in the future. If, uh, if he does end up improving his play, which I think we all know um, is going to happen. And then I guess one other thing kind of going off my Cole Komet earlier is if you're looking at player props next week, I would keep kind of hammering Cole Komet yards, Cole Komet receptions as two, uh, two props to look at moving forward. But again, as we move forward, hopefully I can, uh, bring you guys some more specific uh, bets. But uh, for now, just kind of keep in mind, again, selling high, buying low, and uh, those different philosophies. Man, there's, there's two things that you just talked about that we forgot to talk about. And I'm just going to mention them very, very quickly. The NFC North, zero and four, all four teams losing. Aaron Rodgers looked atrocious. I I asked this. I try to be objective about this. Truly, step back and say, I'm a Bears fan, and I hate this guy. 
but he just looked bad. And I've asked quite a few Packers fans and they all kind of said the same thing. Oh yeah. He looked really, really, really bad. And the second thing that, that uh, really that you touched on a little bit earlier, Logan was the fact that Jimmy Graham is still on this team and Kyle Fuller isn't what were the bears thinking? I don't understand that in any way, shape or form thoughts on that gentlemen, anything before we get to Jack's questions. Well, I think what you bring up was something that I was thinking about earlier when it comes to like wholesale culpability. And when it comes to Ryan Pace, the problem is, is that for, I don't know, every Roquan Smith, there's a Robert Quinn, you know, for every, oh, I don't know, uh, high priced player like Eddie Jackson, who's not performing, there's, uh, you know, a Hakeem Hicks, right? So it just, th- th- there's no balance necessarily and very little depth. And so I think as we play this season forward, that's going to expose Ryan Pace even more. I know we've kind of gone back and forth on this, but I think I had just had a moment of epiphany when it comes to like looking at his tenure macroscopically and looking at the current status of the roster. And so I think that's going to be a continued problem and that is on Ryan Pace's watch. As far as Aaron Rodgers goes, I mean, you're 100% right. There was no reason to basically qualify it as like, well, I'm not trying to hate on anybody. He looked bad. He looked really bad. He looked like a guy that basically looked like he might retire in the middle of the summer. And I think it's so funny because you kind of see like some of the body language stuff and being Bears fans, we've seen it so many times with Jay Cutler and people sort of like nitpick that apart. I just kind of was thinking the same thing with Rogers. Like he just doesn't look engaged or whatever, but I'm not, I'm not going to go into that because we all know how it kind of worked out with Cutler here, but no, he was, I think he may have been actually the one starting quarterback with the lowest quarterback rating of the week. I think I saw that. So no, Ryan, you're hundred percent right. He was bad and he really deserved to essentially get benched, not for like, not like going forward or anything, but like just to see what they had in Jordan Love because you knew you weren't getting anything from Rodgers that game. And as far as Jimmy Graham goes, I mean, I've been on this from the get-go. I think it's kind of ridiculous that they valued those eight touchdowns so much, yet he only gets 14 snaps. When the Bears didn't make three trips to the red zone and he had that one play over Jalen Ramsey, cool, nice, didn't score from it, and that was literally all he contributed. He contributed one play for the game. So – I think we all saw it. There was a disconnect maybe between the coaching staff and Ryan Pace about valuing the cornerback Kyle Fuller versus the tight end Jimmy Graham when he's already going to be a backup, but just further solidifies it. Like somebody, they're not on the same page with this and it just baffles me. Jack, let's talk really quick about Jack's questions. Yet another segment that we are excited to, to have, not maybe at every episode, but but at least in most of these episodes, get, get a little bit of argument going. So Jack, tell us a little bit about what we're going to be doing here. So credit to Gary Poole and his book of 1001, The Complete Book of Questions. I use it with my own children a little bit to have conversations, use it at work quite a bit. Going forward, I'm going to have you all pick a number and we'll just answer the question. Now, we need, we need to keep in mind that they get, oh, I guess more serious as you go. You know, like for instance, at the very beginning, it's light and easy, like one one to 100, and then it goes to extreme spiritual matters when you get up to the 900s. So we just want to kind of keep that in mind. But for today, let me ask you, gentlemen, we'll go Ryan, Logan, Brendan, and then I'll sound off. Uh, so Ryan, uh, do you squeeze the toothpaste tube or do you roll it? What's the advantage of your method? 
So I go a little different. So take your toothbrush, think of it almost as like a rolling pin. And I push from the back, right. And kind of squeeze the toothpaste out. So then, especially towards the end, you get all of that toothpaste there at the bottom. That's the way to go. And it's the only way to go. How about you, Logan? What do you do? Do you, do you squeeze and do you roll? Do you do a combo? Something I'm else? a squeezer, but I'm going to be honest. Well, we're on this podcast. I think Ryan just changed my life. I'm going to, I'm going to use my toothbrush from here on out and I'm going to roll it out like it's some pizza dough. And I'm going to get every last bit of that toothpaste out of the tube next time. You're welcome. Thank you. So I, I squeeze it. I want to say that I'm going to take that advice and it's going to change my life, but I'm honestly probably going to forget about it. I roll it a little bit like at the very end when I'm desperate, but I don't know, I'm squeezing it probably like 99% of the time. Out of context, this, uh, this conversation know, right? is, is a little <laughs> off. Hey guys, squeeze it or roll it, eh? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, give that, give that hey, dude hey, a good hey. squeeze there. Let's, let's keep it a little PG, Jack. Let's finish it up. We got to get the shout outs, my friend. Okay. So first of all, those of you that just squeeze it from the middle and that's all you do, you're barbarians. Seriously. Come on. Like you got to be a little bit more civilized than that. I will have a tendency to squeeze it and then I'll push it up from the bottom a little bit. That is the toothpaste tube. And I will also use my comb and I will use the comb to push the toothpaste up to the top. Now, listen, one time when I was desperate and poor, when I was a starving actor, I cut open the toothpaste tube you would be amazed at how many extra weeks you get out of cutting open the tube and getting the toothpaste that's stuck deep inside there. Take it to the bank, yo. You said weeks? Weeks. I, you, it's almost like this endless fountain of toothpaste begins to just pour out of the cut open tube. Uh- you, you can avoid all that just by rolling it with your toothbrush. All right, gentlemen, it's time to get out of here. We got to give shout outs before we do. Logan, you haven't gotten to go first. So I'm going to let you give your shout outs first. We're going to go Logan, Brendan, Jack, and I'm going to finish it up. So let's hear those shout outs, boys. Oh boy. Yes, I, I do have a shout out and it's to uh, my man, Caleb on Twitter, who, uh, who was a little mad that I, I put a video of Eddie Jackson whiffing on a tackle and I put I put Eddie's uh, quote of everybody can tackle Eddie Jackson, 2021. And uh, he was a little bit mad saying that, you know, these people, they, they've never played football. They're coming at these people. And uh, I mean, like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not one to just blow up their spots. I'm not going to, you know, you can go find it if you want to, but when you have your, I'm not even going to go for the GPA, but it was in his, it was in his bio and he's, he, I I don't know a good way of talking about this because I don't feel comfortable just blowing him up to absolutely, but just like people read a tweet and like, it's not always somebody that's just like going at a player. Personally, I was presenting a tackle and I was uh, presenting a quote that was said by the player. And that's it. I don't ever think that I could play at the NFL level. I couldn't play at the high school level probably right now in like freshman level. So that is my shout out And my shout outs just to chill out on Twitter. I think that's, that's the general shout out. All right. My shout out goes to a guy. I actually don't know his name. I feel bad, but he's been a pretty good follower of mine uh, over the last few months or so. Uh, it is 808s and snack breaks on Twitter at snacks for tweets. Uh, he's a big Packers fan. 
Uh, but he's been a loyal follower and uh, he gave me a really, really nice shout out over the weekend uh, for the work that I do, as well as Bear Down Report uh, too, with all you guys. So um, that honestly just made my evening. Uh, it was really cool to see somebody who's, you know, not not a Bears fan, but a Packers fan who really like appreciates uh, what I do and what we do as a whole. So uh, my man, thank you so much. I really needed to hear that at that time. And uh, just thank you so much for following. And he's a good follow on Twitter too. So make sure you follow him. Like I said, his Twitter handle is at snacks for tweets. We are all things Twitter and I'm leading the charge. I'm like the bastion of all things Twitter sphere. So I would like to thank one of what, Brian, why are you laughing? I don't understand what, what was funny about that. I, was, I love you, Jack. Okay. I love you too. Uh, so Bruja seven, we have a great international audience and Bruja seven from Canada. Eh? He is someone that is often interacting with me specifically uh, on Twitter. And I appreciate very appreciate that very much. He's at, uh, at seven underscore brew. Uh, and he seems like a really good dude. Thanks Bruja seven. Yes, uh, Bruja7, that, that is one that I will echo. Logan, I just want to say really quickly, I hate to say this, but it was nice to have someone else attacked for not being an NFL player talking about the NFL just, just for once uh, instead of me. Like, I like, again, we're not taking personal shots. We're just talking about what we see, and we're, we're allowed to do so. Next time, I'm just going to say, actually, you know what? Yeah, I could tackle them in the open field i could do it what do you know are you am i ever gonna like go out on an nfl field and prove it until then you don't know i could be a good tackler i could tackle cooper cup in the open field prove prove me wrong logan is in fuego tonight guys i don't know if you noticed that but man he was you were just bravo sir i applaud Mad at the world mad at the world I've got to give three shout outs. All of them are pretty special. Patrick Sheldon. Uh, I talked about you just a little bit on the last pod, but again, really good dude. Huge shout out to him. We would love to have that guy back. He was, he was so, so good. Cousin Heidi on Twitter. Folks, if you are on Twitter and you're not following Cousin Heidi, she is phenomenal. Mike Page has already given her a shout out, but she went through kind of a rough go. There was a, a big earthquake where she was at. She's just a, like a a huge cheerleader for, for everything bears and especially content creators. And we are huge fans of yours. So Heidi, uh, we're, we're thinking about you and we appreciate you so very, very, very much. And the last one that I've got to give a shout out to, uh, the last episode for me, if for some reason, if you haven't heard it, please go back and listen. The Bears, Adrian Peterson. He was a 2002 sixth round draft pick out of Georgia Southern. I got a chance to talk to him. What an amazing, inspirational guy. It was truly special for me. I know, Brendan, you've, you've had a chance to talk to quite a few former Bears players, but this is the first one that I've had any kind of an extended conversation with. Uh, it didn't disappoint. He was incredible. I mean, d- dealing with a speech impediment his entire life, uh, basically looking down and, and just just several times in his career where they just kind of like took the, you know, the ground from underneath him. And he's like, fine, what do I got to do? I'll reinvent myself. I'll I'll be a special teamers, whatever it's going to take. That guy was incredible. And so I would love for you guys to go and listen to it. So Adrian Peterson, um, thank you so very much for being a part of the Baron on report podcast, folks. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. If you really liked what you heard tonight, Hit us with a five-star review. It really helps to widen our audience. We cannot tell you guys how much we appreciate all of you for listening to Brendan, Logan, Jack, and myself. Uh, we get an opportunity to talk bears and you know the podcast is growing and it's all thanks to you guys. 
Truly, 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 we appreciate you. And we love interacting with you guys. For all of us here at the Bear Down Report, thank you so very much, folks. And as always, bear down.